this week, I felt strongly impressed to teach on spiritual warfare because a lot of what is happening in your life, in the life of our church, in the life of the church in San Diego, and the life of our nation and our world is not just natural. It is spiritual. And so we need to uh, take a look at this today. And then at the end of the message, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of deliverance. We're going to pray a prayer together against the supernatural powers of the devil. And we're going to pull some stuff down. And I believe that many today are going to experience a whole new measure of personal freedom. I believe our church is going to experience uh, corporate freedom. And, uh, and then, of course, as other churches do spiritual warfare around the county, our county is going to experience freedom. As they did yesterday in Davis Tent, which is what that was about, was to bring the presence of Jesus more heavily into our city. So I do want to give a couple of good reports, though, because as we've been praying for breakthrough, that when we had that National Day of Prayer prayer meeting on the other side of this building, um, every time we do that, the next time we gather, I always experience a heightened uh, intensity of the presence of the Lord. And we did last Sunday as Josh got to lead worship. I mean, it was like he's never been so spiritual. I mean, it was strong. And, uh, and then I started getting some positive reports throughout the week. And uh, one of them was um, uh, Sarah, Sarah uh, who is a member of our online community right now. But she's been a member of our church for many years. And her husband, Daryl, who has been the head usher at our church for many years, the tallest guy in the church with white hair, uh, very good looking. And uh, so he had a stroke um, and a couple weeks ago. And she um, uh, wrote me and said that not only is he fully recovered, he feels better than he did before he had the stroke. That Phil's mom was here and she battled COVID, but she's not battling that anymore this year in the house. Say it again. Today is the first day she's been on oxygen. Today is the first day she's been on oxygen. Um, also, another uh, testimony uh, Gary Mancini uh, emailed me yesterday and said there was someone that reached out to us online that was asking if we know about spiritual warfare and can we do any deliverance. And uh, we told them to knock on the right door. And so then I shot them over to Gary and Kathy. And Gary, uh, you know, yesterday said that they had a, a, a powerful time of ministry and that she got set free. Um, I also would like to say my wife is in the house today. And uh, amen. We're getting her back up on her feet so she can go back to Africa and start whooping up on that AIDS epidemic over there, which is what she was doing before uh, she took a hit. We've got to get her back into her divine calling. God spoke to her uh, audibly. An audible voice of God spoke to her and told her to be an epidemiologist to fight infectious diseases on the planet. The Lord works through supernatural means. He works through natural means. The devil is not the one trying to eradicate disease from the earth. And so we are all fighting uh, with every weapon we have. So this week when I was um, feeling impressed by the Lord to teach on spiritual warfare, as I was praying into it, my phone rang and there was a local pastor. He's a young guy, pioneer to church, and he has a, a, a good number of uh, pre-Christians in his church. And uh, he said, a mom called me who just got saved last December, and she said that her teenage daughter uh, is having some very strange behavior, very self-destructive behavior. 
and uh, she started describing to him some of the behaviors and the things that were taking place, and to him it was clearly demonic. And so he called me because he said, I've, I was raised in church, but I was never taught on these things. I don't know what the heck to do about it. And so I coached him a little bit on the phone, and then I prayed with him, and I said, just the way I prayed with you, you now call that mama, and now you pray with her, and then you get her praying the way I prayed with you, and the way you pray with her, you get her to pray with over her own household, and her husband isn't yet saved. And I said, get some anointing oil and put it on your daughter's pillow without her knowing about it, and uh, not that I've ever done that to any of my children, and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so... That phone call was right in the middle of me praying about, Lord, is this really you wanted me to teach on spiritual warfare? And so that was the only confirmation I needed. So here we go. What is spiritual warfare? Spiritual warfare is combating unseen demonic spiritual forces. Now, for some of you, this is going to be nothing but routine. However, um, we need to make sure we stay current. I remember one time uh, we were having chaos in our, our life. And uh, it's like nothing was working. Even vendors, things in the national, like vendors not being available, saying they can't help me out with leaks or with uh, um, uh, supplies. And, and it was like every store I called, every carpenter I talked to, every electrician I talked to, they weren't available. They couldn't solve the problem. And uh, we were having financial issues. It was just like anybody ever experienced chaos in the natural in their life? Just come on. Yeah. Chaos. Well, my sister said to me, you know, you need to walk around your property and you need to anoint every corner of your property with oil and come against the enemy. I have not done that in a number of years. Even though I've taught on spiritual warfare, I've, I've engaged in spiritual warfare, I've, I've experienced uh, breakthroughs in spiritual warfare. If you are not staying current with it, you, you fall into a natural mindset. It's like if we don't practice the presence of God when we come together and we don't allow to get the prophecy to take place and we don't pray for the sick, our congregation would turn into a non-supernatural environment. You've got to, Paul said you have to uh, earnestly desire and pursue and eagerly chase after the gifts of the Spirit. You need to stay current and hungry for the supernatural. For us, otherwise we just get natural into our five physical senses. And so, one of the ways you can tell that there's a spiritual activity is when it just doesn't make sense, when the chaos just doesn't stop and it keeps mounting up, and it's just not logical. That's when you say, you know what? There might be a spiritual component here. And so, uh, she reminded me of a book that uh, I had in my library, and I, it was by Jack Hayford. If you know who he is, and I read some on spiritual warfare, and it all started coming back to my mind. And I thought, you know, I better just try this. And so I walked around my property, anointed every corner of my property with oil, and I came against the enemy. The next day, I started getting phone calls from people who said they could not help me, and every no turned into a yes. And the whole thing turned around. I was like, wow, that is amazing. You're like, well, how can the enemy operate in the natural like that? Well, because the enemy operates in the natural like that. <laughs> Say, besides that, I mean, that is how he, that's how he rolls. Another story, um, I'm going to get into my notes here in a minute, but it's important stuff. And so some of you may have heard in the past, we had a fire in our back field and, uh, and our, our house backs up to eight acres. Uh, there's a, there's like a box of houses and in between our box of houses in Ramona, there's eight acres, three of it's in our back, our back field, two of it. And, um, our neighbor ran up to me, I was in my office studying one day. She said, John, John, there's smoke in your backfield. I went back there and there was a, uh, a fire that had started and I was back there with my garden hose trying to put it out. And anyway, 
So the fire, the fire engine showed up and they watched me try to put out the fire hose and they just sat in their truck and I did not understand why they weren't getting out and helping, but I'm out there trying to battle this thing with my garden hose. And all of a sudden the plane comes in, whoa, dropping retarded. I was like, oh, as they're laughing at me in the truck, you know, watching me try to put this fire out. Anyway, the point to all that was, besides the fact that I'm so mad at the fire department, is that, um, what happened in the natural was a transformer popped up in one of the SDG&E towers and the sparks hit our backfield and then it just went across and, and inflamed the whole eight acres. None of the houses got harmed. However, if the wind had blown to the west, it would have fried my neighbor's house. And if it had blown to the north, our house would have burned. If it had gone south, it would have destroyed my other neighbor's home. But it went east, which is the only place it could have gone and not have touched any structures. And so Hope told me, now this was um, a couple of weeks before that happened, I was in my office praying and I felt impressed by the Lord to do what I told you I did before, which is go around and anoint the four corners of my property with oil. This is the second time, but I felt impressed to do it this time. There was no logical reason to do it. I was just obeying what I felt the Holy Spirit might be saying to me. So I went around and anointed the four corners of our property. A couple weeks later is when that fire happened. Then Hope told me afterwards, she said, you know what? I had a dream that there was a crazy person in our backfield setting it on fire. Before the fire. Before the fire. The Holy Spirit gave her a dream that the enemy was going to try to burn our house down. He impressed on me to anoint our property with oil and come against the enemy before anything in the natural happen what is spiritual warfare combating unseen demonic spiritual forces there's an unseen enemy named satan he's out to destroy you your family this church the church of san diego the church on the planet our nation and the world he comes to kill steal and destroy three things you need to know about satan one he is real Number two, he is a schemer. He's a planner. He knows you. He knows your weaknesses. You don't have to be afraid of him. But he knows human nature. And he's a planner, a schemer. He strategizes your demise. And thirdly, we can defeat him. Amen. I'm not saying this to make you afraid of him. I'm saying it to make you aware of him. So that we, and also aware of how we, the church, can defeat him. Every time. We're going to look at a number of scriptures that support these truths. But one way you can be sure that you will lose to the devil is to not know that he exists. To be ignorant of him. I mean, isn't that great for any anybody who wants to kill, steal, and destroy? That you don't even know they exist. And you're wondering why you're being ripped off all the time. Or secondly, that you don't want to know he exists. You don't like what I'm talking about right now. You'd rather me talk about something else. And avoiding the situation. Or that you do believe in him, but you don't know how he operates. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Or, and how we overcome him as he operates. But let's look at Jesus, the ruling spirit of all spirits. The son of God. And this is what he says. In Luke chapter 10. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now you have to understand who these people are. Do not put 
the disciples of the early church, the apostles on a pedestal, and they are unlike you. Don't do that. They were tax collectors, fishermen, housewives. They were normal, average, everyday. Luke was a physician. White collar, blue collar, you know, black, white, brown, green, yellow, male, female, every children, teenagers, adults, everybody was allowed to play in the game. These, these folks are normal people who went out to do what Jesus told them to do, which was heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. They went out to do it. And they were shocked that the demons did what they told them to do when they used Jesus' name. And he said to them, here's Jesus talking about the devil. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he's real. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. Everybody say all the power of the enemy. Not some of it, all of it. And nothing, everybody say nothing, shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that your spirit, the spirits are subject to you. In other words, don't get all excited about your, you know, um, your deliverance ministry, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus, our eyes on heaven. The devils are just a side note. We just cast them out and we run into them. We had a member of our church who was over another member of our church house just a couple weeks ago. They were sitting at the kitchen table and one of the members said, uh, I just saw a demonic presence going on with you. And they're like, really? They're in the room right now, by the way. But they're free, so don't be afraid. And uh, they said, really? He goes, yeah, let me cast it out. And they're like, okay. And so he took authority over the spirit. That was called the discerning of spirits operating in real time. And he cast the spirit out. And this person said to me afterwards, I thought I was free. But man, I've never been this free. <laughs> she said, I felt something leave me. Now this is a Christian. This is a good Christian person who is coming out of brokenness and out of bondage and out of, out of uh, stuff. And... And, and uh, this person is on their way to wholeness and healing. And you have to drop things as you go. And so thank God that we have another church member who can discern a demonic presence. And call it out. And set that person's free. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Jesus, Jesus showed how Satan and these demons operate together. Paul expounds on this. Saying this, by the way, again, this is a review for some of you. Some of you, this is brand new information. Okay, this is a one-room schoolhouse. Some of you online, you're getting set free just by listening to this. So let's keep going. In conclusion, Paul says, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. This is Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God. Everybody say the full armor of God. For his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier. Now you have to understand, there's another passage, I can't cover it all today, if we talk on this, if I taught on a full message on this, we'd be here for a week. But Jesus, after he cast out some demons, uh, they started accusing him of casting out demons by the power of demons. And Jesus said, that's stupid. A house divided, a house divided against itself can't stand. I'm casting out these demons by the, by the finger of God, so just stop that. He said, then he taught him, he said, look, when a strong man uh, has on his armor and he has all his goods in his house, and Jesus was talking about Satan as the strong man, has his armor on and he has his house and all his goods in the house, which are people, 
that are in bondage to him. Jesus said, when a stronger than him comes upon him, which was Jesus talking about himself and us, the body of Christ, right? The body of who? Christ, the anointed one. We are his body. We're his hands and his feet. Now we do what he did in his name. He said, when a stronger comes upon him and strips him of his armor. So our armor, which is the armor of God, is more powerful than the enemy's armor. So you do not have to be afraid of him. I hate the dang movies where the priest gets thrown out the window by a demon. I'm like, that is not accurate. <laughs> Nuh-uh. <laughs> Hollywood is lacking in the gift of the discerning of spirits. <laughs> Jesus said the stronger comes and strips him of his armor and, and takes all of his spoils, which are people. And that's what we do. Stand up against all the schemes. Okay, here we go. Uh, the armor so that you may be able to successfully, everybody say successfully. 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 Say that we're successfully, talking about us. Stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the evil one. Look at that. For our, see, Jesus caught Paul to the third heavens and opened up his eyes and Paul saw the whole thing and how it all works. And now he's teaching us about it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only, I love that word only there, with physical opponents. Because some of you are, are wrestling with Uncle Fred, and he's a jerk, right? Some of you are dealing with a boss that is unfair. Some of you are dealing with a spouse that is unruly. Some of you are dealing with people that's not just demonic spirits. But here's the reality. The devil will capitalize on our ungodliness. Our unchristlike behaviors, the way we treat one another, our unforgiveness and our negative attitudes and our pride and our superiority and our hate and our anger and our lust and all of that, he will push us. He will try to lead us. He will speak to us, tempt us. He can't do it without our permission, but we give into him when he sows thoughts into your mind. About, you know what brother so-and-so, you know what sister doodad was thinking, you know what she said, you know what she meant when she said that. These insidious thoughts, you know, an insurrection against authority or controlling God's people or being afraid of one another, controlling one another, whatever. He, he sows into our minds these thoughts that we buy into. And the Bible says pulling down strongholds and every thought in your mind that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. you got to stop and say, what does God say about this situation? Because this thought I have right now in my mind is going to bring destruction to this relationship. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm lonely. I'm tired. Stop. Halt. H-A-L-T, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. Stop. Those thoughts. Stop. What is Jesus saying about that situation? See, Satan will use... Us to hurt one another. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending with only physical opponents, but against rulers, that's the ranking, uh, highest ranking, against powers, against world forces of this present darkness, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. That's the four rankings of the, of the military structure of the demonic realm. Therefore, everybody say, therefore. Be afraid and run and hide in the corner and wait for Jesus to come back. Is that what it says? Therefore, put on the complete armor of God. Let me tell you something. When you got saved, if you if you were not engaged in a battle, the Lord would have given you some uh, Tommy Bahama 
vacation clothes and giving you a lawn chair and giving you a pina colada virgin and say, kick it until Jesus returns. But no, he did not set you on a cruise ship. He set you on a battleship and he gave you his armor. If you and I were not in a spiritual battle, why would God give us his armor? Armor. Now here's the truth. You and I were already in a battle before we gave our life to Christ, but we were victims on the battlefield. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 that we're led around by the devil. People are just led around by the devil because as I was describing a moment ago, how he moves and manipulates and lies and pushes and tempts people that don't have Christ, don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them to say, hey, no, stop, follow me, walk in love, forgive that person. Here's some extra supernatural power. They don't have that. So they're victims. We were victims on the battlefield of life. Because the war, the prize is human souls. You've got Satan and you've got Jesus. And the battlefield is the earth and it's over human souls. And so the Lord gives us his armor so that we cannot just survive on the battlefield but conquer. And we bring deliverance to people. But it's got to start with us. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and what? Victorious. Victorious. That scripture right there shows all three. Satan's real, he's a schemer, and we can defeat him. Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again, but Satan hindered us. Okay, so how do we overcome Satan? There's four ways, and I've got to pop through this. Let me see where we're at for our time here. I'm not going to pretend to look at my phone to see what time it is. Uh, slyly, like you guys don't catch me doing that, so I'm just going to do it out loud. Hey kids, you good with this? You guys awake? You guys alive? You guys listening? You want to know how to overcome Satan? It's good for you guys to know this too, right? Right? You know what's humiliating to the devil, kids? You know, hey, kids. Hey, no. Bro, talking to you, man. Listen. Do you know, do you know what is humiliating to Satan? Yeah, how old are you now? Nine. When a nine-year-old tells the devil what to do and he has to obey him. Come on. <laughs> yes. This this isn't for adults. This is for believers. Okay, how do we overcome Satan? Four things. Well, there's many, but I'm just going to give you four today. One, with faith. The disciples came back. The disciples one day uh, tried to cast a, uh, tried to heal a man's son. They couldn't do it. Jesus came on the scene and he cast the spirit of infirmity out of the little boy. He had epilepsy, but Jesus cast out, cast out a spirit of infirmity. It's not always demonic, but many times there's a spiritual component, which is why you can't get healed through medicine or counseling or anything else. Sometimes there's a demonic presence and medicine and counseling that doesn't affect demonic spirits. The name of Jesus does by a believer, not an unbeliever, by a believer. 
There were seven sons of Sceva. Sceva was a priest. And his seven sons tried to cast out the demon. Say, we cast the demon out of you. Out of the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demon said to them. You can read in the book of Acts. Well, we know who Paul is. And we know who Jesus is. But who are you? And the demon threw the man. I don't know why he did this. Stripped all their clothes off. And then they ran out of the house. And they ran through the city naked. You don't want that happening to you. So you better come to Christ. Good salvation call right there. You know what that happened to you? But they came against... They, but you see, demons know who Jesus is, and they know who everybody is who's in Christ. And they know that you have authority over them. But do you know you have authority over them? Because if you don't know, they'll manipulate you. And they will intimidate you. And they will oppress and possess and drive you. That's why earlier when he said, how many of you coming up against giants? I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I said, they're coming up against us. And that's just not hyper-preaching. That's Bible. The Bible says that if you submit to God and resist the devil, the devil will flee from you with his hair on fire. Okay, so the disciples couldn't heal the boy. Jesus cast the spirit out. And they said, why couldn't we do that? And he said, because of your unbelief. They said, what? We've already cast out demons. We've already healed the sick. Jesus is like new levels, new devils. This kind, he said, doesn't come out except by fasting and prayer. Not that we're earning the ability to do that through fasting and prayer, but it's about spiritual strength. When you come against stronger demons, many times you need to have greater faith to come against them. Uh, faith in the name of Jesus, we're talking about faith. One of the ways to overcome the enemy is faith. Faith in the name of Jesus. Paul, you know, Peter and John, Acts chapter 3, they're walking up to pray in the temple. They see a guy who's been lame his entire life. He says, hey, give me some money. They said, we don't have any money, but we do have something we'll give to you. In what? In the name of Jesus. rise up and walk. And he gets up and walks. And everybody comes out to worship uh, Peter and John. And they say, stop it. He said, look, we didn't make this man well. It was faith in the name of Jesus that made this man whole in the presence of you all. You see, the name of Jesus has all clout, all authority in the earth Amen. and beneath the earth and in heaven. The name of Jesus is the only thing you need because in that name is all of the authority of heaven. Every knee is going to bow eventually to the name of Jesus. Yeah. On earth, under the earth, in heaven. In the meantime, you and I have been given power of attorney. You and I have been given his name. It's like when a, a king's son or servants would go out to the marketplace in the first century and they had a signet ring from the king. They'd go in and they'd purchase all their goods and they put wax on, on the table and they'd go like this and put the signet ring of the king into that imprint. And that means I have authority to buy this. Or I have authority to do whatever I want to do because I am a son or a servant or an ambassador of the king. You and I are ambassadors of the king. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, a promise, the Holy Spirit, and we have his name. Just put that name, just imprint it right on the devil's face. Like that. Imprint it right in there. The name of Jesus. Faith and the authority of his name. The book of Revelation says that it is, oh, this is a great word. Look at this. It says, Revelation 12, 11. And they, the believers, overcame and conquered him who is Satan because of the blood of the lamb. Let's read this out loud together. Let's start over. Say it out loud. And they, believers, overcame and conquered him, Satan, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. For they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. 
They had faith that we do that together successfully. <laughs> 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 that just And then you know what? What's great about that is we, this this ragamuffin bunch, can still whoop up on the devil. That has just got to humiliate him. They can't even quote a scripture right together, and yet they can tell me what to do, and I have to obey. They have faith. We have faith in the blood covers all our sins. We have faith in. What the Lord has done in our lives, faith in His promises, that's the word of our testimony. And we have faith that Jesus is who He said He is, and we're not going to deny it even to death. Amen. You need a faith that outlasts Him. Yes. It's the last thing I'll say about faith, but this is a really important passage here. Stay alert, Peter says. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Don't be afraid of him, just be aware of him. Stand firm against him and be strong in your what? Faith. Faith. I'm just going to give you one word from now on. Be strong in your what? Faith. There we go. Remember, I, whole sentences are too much for this bunch, so we're going to go with one word. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are, so don't play the martyr. In His kindness, God called you to share His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus, so that after you have suffered a little while, to suffer means to struggle. After you have struggled a little while, now claim this promise. Some of you have been struggling for a little while. Claim this promise. After you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, strengthen, and give you a firm foundation. You should claim that right now. Who's ever struggling and suffering, say, Lord, I am claiming your restoration, your support, your strength, and set me on a firm foundation, all power and glory to him. The first one is faith. I'm going to move quickly through these last three. With unity. We battle Satan with unity. I, agree. I, I hate to say this, but I've just got to be honest about the condition of the church right now. Satan is running roughshod over the body of Christ. Because we have allowed secondary things to, to uh, separate us. As one of our church members said to me this week, clearly politics is some people's religion. Politics, masks, no masks, vaccines, no vaccines, sexuality, male, female, different pronouns, racial issues. All these things are important, but they are not the thing we are unified around. We, the body of Christ, are unified Around one thing. Say it out loud. Come on. Paul the apostle said this. There is neither Jew nor non-Jew. There is neither male nor female. There is neither slave nor slaveholder. We are all one in Christ Jesus. The body of Christ has been duped. We have taken our eye off the dang ball. Sorry to call you a dang ball. <laughs> We've taken our eyes off of Jesus and off of our mission. Which is to love Him, love one another, and to love the lost. Amen. That's our mission. Paul told Timothy, do not get entangled with the affairs of this life like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Or to be involved 
but not entangled. We are to speak into this culture. But we speak from Christ, not from our political affiliation or our personal convictions. We preach the word of hope to a hopeless world. And because we have not done that, the church is shattered and tattered right now. That is why I and some other pastors in our city are calling for pastors all over San Diego County. The church of Jesus Christ in San Diego to come together. Let's get our eyes back on Jesus. Let's not quit. And let's be strengthened in the Lord. And let's shepherd the sheep who are still coming to church. Because the church's best days are ahead of us. The Apostle Paul, I'm going to give you one scripture on this. The Apostle Paul, there was disunity in a church. Uh, you can read the New Testament. You see all the ways that Satan tries to bring disunity. Satan flows through disunity. James said, God flows through unity. That's why you have to forgive. If you do not forgive, you will be tormented. And not only, will, not only is unforgiveness a doorway to the devil into your life, it's a doorway to the devil into all the relationships in your life, and it's a doorway to the devil into the church that you go to. I'm going to show that to you here in just a second. But Matthew 18 very clearly says, if you do not forgive, you will be tormented by the devil. Unforgiveness brings division between you and you and God. It says, if you don't forgive, my Father in heaven won't forgive you. It, it closes heaven and opens hell. Unforgiveness is not something you can tolerate. You'll be tormented, and your church will be tormented. Watch this. So there was uh, somebody who was resisting Paul's authority in the in the church in Corinth. Paul said, "Bring discipline to the guy." They did. The guy repented, but they wouldn't let him back in church. So we also got to get good at this. When people who have you know cursed pastors on the way out the door, and they cursed you, and they were brothers and sisters in Christ. If when they repent and they want to come back, you got to let them come back, love them in Jesus, and let's go. That was dumb. Let's go. Right? Right? Well, they weren't doing that. So this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test you to see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. Watch this, church, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. You cannot operate in the flesh and win a battle with evil spirits of rebellion. The armor of God, which went over is the third thing we were coming with. I'll just finish reading this. So stand firm, hold your ground, have tighten wide the wide band of truth, your personal integrity, moral courage around. This is you not giving in to these things that divide us. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is an upright heart, living in honesty and truth, forgiveness, keep your heart clean. And having 
strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm foot of stability and the readiness produced by the good news. That means the Romans would have, Paul's taking this from the Roman armor, they would have spikes in the bottom of their shoes. So when they're in the mud or they're trying to go uphill, they can dig in and resist. When the enemy, and he calls it the gospel of peace. When the enemy is intimidating you not to preach the gospel to your friends, not to let people know you're a believer because you're going to be called all sorts of names, a hater and a bigot and a racist and a homophobe and all that kind of stuff. You've got to dig your spikes in because you have the message of hope for them. You cannot be intimidated and back down. It's not them. It's the spirits behind them that are trying to shut down the gospel. Above all, lift up a shield of, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. They would take this metal shield, they'd wrap it in leather, Chris, and then they would soak the leather. So the one in the battlefield and the enemy shoots these fiery darts, which are thoughts, fiery darts of the enemy, thoughts, demonic thoughts to plague your mind. They hit that shield, and they just fizzle out. Which is why he then says, and take the helmet of salvation, that's your thought life, as to who you are in Christ, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Then he goes on with our fourth piece, the way we beat the devil, we beat him through faith, we beat him through unity, we beat him through the armor of God, and fourth, and we're going to do this now with prayer. He ends, he ends the armor of God with this, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times. On every occasion and in every season, in the spirit, with this in view, stay alert and with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all of God's people and pray for me. And I say to you, pray for me, please. Look what the apostle Paul says. The mighty apostle says, and pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth. To proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation for which I am an ambassador in chains. He was in prison. And pray that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. Just because I'm a pastor and a preacher doesn't mean that I don't deal with fear and intimidation and oppression and depression and all the same stuff you guys deal with. In fact, I deal with it more, Ron. You know, don't fall asleep, Ron. You with me? Ron. All right, man. You're looking at me. Your eyes are half closed. I don't know if that's your, like, I don't know if that's your, your new look or you're falling asleep on me right there. You there? All right, there you go. He's smiling. He, okay, you're locked in, aren't you? That was your locked in book. I love it. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. That's why you guys got to pray for me. Don't criticize me. I'm perfect anyway, so there's really nothing to criticize. Don't let the whole go loud. Get these hints. Okay, I want to go into a prayer of deliverance now, and then we're going to close out today. I'm going to pray a general prayer over us, and then I'm going to give you a list of things that you may have been involved in. Or maybe your ancestors have been involved in, your mom, your dad, your grandma, grandpa, other people in your bloodline, things that have been passed down. And we are going to ask for forgiveness, and then we are going to resist the enemy, and we are going to dismantle some of his nastiness today. Amen?
Now online, you do this with me online too, and you're going to get set free as well. The body of Christ, we need to know who we are and start taking care of business. So, alright, here we go. I'm going to pray this general prayer, and then I'm going to lead you in some prayers. Lord, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your salvation through Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your power and authority over the enemy, Satan, and his kingdom. We thank you in this place that you came to set us free, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you cover and protect us with your blood. We thank you that you sent your guardian angels and armies of angels for warfare and protection over us, your people. And right now, as your people, we take authority over every demonic presence. We command every demonic presence to be silent and to leave this place, to harm no person, and to go right now into dry places. You have no authority here because we have authority given to us through the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, now I'm going to read some things that you may have been involved in, and if so, I'm going to uh, lead you in a prayer of repentance. If you have ever been involved in the occult, practice tarot cards, astrology, seances, Ouija boards, palm reading, magic, mediums, fortune telling, spirit guides. You had an invisible friend as a child. Witchcraft. Soul ties with another person, especially if you've been physically intimate with them outside of marriage. Soul ties all the way back to high school and earlier. Idolatry, greed, covetousness, jealousies, envy, lust. Other religions outside of Jesus Christ and Him alone. Addictions and unforgiveness. If any of those you've been a part of, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Just say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I participated in. Now, off your lips, between you and the Lord, confess whatever of those things or whatever else has come up. Just confess it to Him. I confess I've been a part of these things. And now say this, I renounce the sinful activity. And I ask forgiveness in your name. Now speak directly to the spirits and say this, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on church, say it again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command all evil spirits that are in me or around me as a result of these sins. To leave me right now. To never return. And do not send any other spirits to me. Nor any reinforcements. In Jesus' mighty name. Now I'm going to go over generational curses. These are illnesses that have been passed down through the generations. Many times it's not just hereditary in the natural. There's a spiritual component. As we talked about earlier, where they tried to heal a boy of leprosy, and Jesus became a Catholic spirit of infirmity. Many times these spirits of diseases and illnesses 
mental illness. I just got that, I believe. That's an inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I didn't have that in my notes. Addictions to abusive relationships. These things are familiar spirits that attach to family trees. Occult practices. Sins of your fathers, mothers, and ancestors. Let's pray and declare this together. Say out loud. Lord Jesus, I confess the sins of my ancestors. I ask your forgiveness for them. And I now reject and disown all the sins of my ancestors. As one who has been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's Son, I cut and cancel all demonic workings that have been passed on to me from my ancestors. As one who has been crucified and raised with Jesus Christ to a new life and who sits with Him in heavenly places, I renounce all satanic assignments that are directed toward me. I cancel. Yeah, this is the cancel culture right here. This is the right application of that. That I cancel in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every curse that Satan and his workers have put on me and my family. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ who purchased me with his own blood. I reject all other blood sacrifices whereby Satan may claim ownership of me. I declare myself to be eternally and completely signed over and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, stand on your feet. I want to do one more thing before uh, Josh leads us in a praise of victory in this place. I wanted you to pray over children who have not come to Christ, children who have turned from Christ, neighbors, friends, classmates, work associates, especially the ones who are the most obstinate to Jesus. Come on now. Because this is what Paul said. If somebody does not believe our gospel... It's because Satan has blinded their minds to the truth. It's not just intellectualism. It's not just philosophical debate. It's Satan blinding their minds so they cannot believe. And you and I must come against this. I'll tell you this story very quickly. There was a witch in Florida who ruled with the principality over the state of Florida. And this old lady would come to her house every day. Walked through her gates, the witch's Doberman pinchers would not touch her. She would kneel down on the witch's doorsteps and pray for her salvation every day. The witch got saved, and she wrote a book called The Witch That Switched. <laughs> and she traveled around the nation speaking in churches, and she said, The thing that gave me, listen to this, whew, 
The thing that gave me free access to release demonic spirits every day over the state of Florida was that the church would go out and witness, but they would not first bind the blinding spirits that I would send out. So she began training the body of Christ how to come against the spirits that she used to dispatch. This is real stuff, folks. Yes. Oh, hey, my wife is back! When my wife says, John, may I say something, you know to do this. The mic's not on. There we go, Jerry. I was, uh... Wait, 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 wait. Are you there now? Test, test, test. Yeah. A little higher. A little higher. In case you guys think this is kind of far out, I just want to quickly share something we're dealing with in our own life right now. One of our kids has a, a group of friends, and one of the moms in the group of friends is a witch. And she openly has the kids over to her house, teaches them how to cast, cast spells, does the Ouija board, does things I've never even heard of, burns incense and sage and all sorts of things. Our child is probably the most, she's the biggest evangelist and sharing what the Lord gives her with her friends and sharing scripture and Oh, they're, they're the one, she's the one that they call and they're going in this group of friends without giving you more information. And she's the one that the mother doesn't like. The mother does not like her. <laughs> she will have all the kids over, exclude our child, openly mocks her, openly mocks our faith. And so while we're praying right now, this is what I'm praying against. I'm praying for all these kids whose parents are completely in denial and don't believe that any of this is real, who are letting their children be exposed to this. This this is, this is a middle-class suburban mom doing this. This isn't weirdo people living in the hills. This isn't people that right. may not even suspect. <laughs> now you got to forgive her now. You hill, you hill people back there. How did we lead us in prayer with her? Yeah, come on. Get at it, girl. This is what you call victory right here. Look at this. Knock her down. You can't knock her out. God, we pray that you would expose every uh, evil assignment of the enemy in our lives, in the lives of our children. Thank you for revealing to us uh, what this woman was doing in the lives of our child. I come against every scheme or spell that she has cast on her, on our family. Every um, plan or assignment that's been cast against this body of believers, we come against it in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, talking about Satan. We do not live in fear. There's nothing to be fearful of. We recognize Satan's devices. We recognize the power within us. And we command Satan to flee from everything that is ours in the name of Jesus. And God, we receive your peace and your power to walk this out in our daily lives, not just on Sunday morning, every day, God, to recognize this, to have the discerning of spirits in our lives, with our jobs, with our families, and everything that is within our stewardship, God. Give us discernment. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What a great example for us all. Someone who got knocked flat on the pavement coming up here and raising up her sword again. Whew. I forget what I was going to say to you earlier. So, but Josh, 
uh, is a great word. You got something, Chris? Yeah, come on. Let's welcome one of our youth pastors raising up the next generation. If you have kids, I hope that uh, you've gone to get them so we don't get in trouble with Jeanette and the gang. But we don't want to break the flow here. We also don't want her stuck back there. I mean, stuck to your children back there. Not stuck with, stuck to. There's a verse in um, 2 Samuel that says that it was talking about David's mighty men. And I'm going to pre-preface this with that. And the Lord brought about a great victory. And if you are listening to this sermon and you're thinking, I'm tired of fighting. This is a battle. You know, I'm I'm tired of this battle. Uh, Eleazar, he was fighting and he grew weary. And the sword stuck to his hand. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And I just want to say that if you're weary and you are fighting this battle, how we overcome Satan with all of these things. We're holding on and we're fighting, but the Lord is going to bring the victory. Yeah. That's right, Chris. So what we're about to, we're about to sing... As we end today is a great worship song of how we might be surrounded, but God is surrounding us. And in that battle, we're going to overcome the devil. Amen? Yeah, you know, we're going to do that. Good work, Chris. I was going to have you pray with your unsaved friends, mind, and mind, and spirits, but you do that when you go home. Take us out. Here we go. Woo!